Hey everyone, this is Dr. Zom. Um, I just decided again, since it's so freaking hot outside, that I might jump on the um, show and record a little something goo, something goo. Um, let set my timer here, daddy-o. It is so hot out. Jesus H. Christ. Um, I went outside just to uh, kind of do a little trimming, mowing. Uh, stuff that I couldn't reach with the uh, little riding mower I bought. And um, Christ's sakes, I was only out there for maybe half hour, maybe 45 minutes. And um, I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to freaking fall over. Uh, so discretion is the better part of valor or something. And I decided to come inside. Come inside and uh, bring the Mary inside. We, um, what were we watching, goo? Um we were just watching some um, stuff about uh, modern day comics and why they suck and um, why they're kind of going downhill American comics and um, how, you know, uh, Japanese um, manga are doing great. Like the, like um, Demon Slayer, I think by itself like outsells all American comics, um, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, and a lot of them said that, you know, it has to do with um, the woke culture and how um, they want to change everything. Like if a, if a female superhero, you know, is, is, portrayed as being, you know, real physically fit with big boobs and a, you know, a, a great figure, uh, that that's so sexist and all this and that. And, um, um, I do think that there is a place for, um, characters that are, look like normal or, uh, you know, human being, human beings, um, I understand what they're saying um, because when you portray every character in comics as one type of uh, body, like the women and then, you know, and, and, and also the men too. Um, but mostly they talk about, you know, the women. Um, if you're doing something I can, I can see having, you know, because, uh, of course, diversity, you're going to have all different kinds of people of all different shapes and sizes um, in reality. Uh, one of the main things about that is that um, this is not reality. Uh, you know, a guy, a, a human being, male or female, you know, can't fly without an airplane or a helicopter or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
They can't shoot lasers out of their eyes. They can't do this and that and whatever. Now, when you are in a more realistic, real um, setting, like, say, for example, the Marvel Universe in movies or the DC Universe in movies or any movies, then, of course, you're using actors. If you're using live action people, um, then you're going to have that diversity. Of course, still, though, you know, that's one thing that I always brought up when, you know, people would say, oh, well, you know, these women in comics, uh, you know, they all have to be hot and this and that, or even in the movies and everything. But, um, you know, that's just walking a fine line of uh, to, to sell something, which it is a product. Um, first of all, sex sells. And, you know, when you talk about selling something, it's not even necessarily uh, selling a product. Uh, when you look at it as um, what uh, the male or female of the species finds attractive and what the, the majority are going to find attractive is what's going to sell even more. If I'm going to go out to, you know, I don't know. I, I, I can, like I said, I can see both both ways. And when you go see a, a regular movie, you're going to have, say, uh, a, a, an actress uh, that looks a certain way or whatever. Um, in comics... Um, it's a fantasy world and, um, you do have some comics that are, um, going to an artist that are going to have a more realistic, uh, you know, looking and diverse group of people. I think one of the main things that people get pissed off at and that one guy brought up was that, um, Okay, if you want to make, say, like in Valiant Comics, I can't remember what the character's name is because I only read like Harbinger. I, I uh, Loaf kind of turned me on to it, and I read a couple of the, um, you know, uh, graphic novels and stuff. <coughs> but there was one female character who was um, uh, more of like a realistic looking as far as being, uh, and, and you know, and that's another thing. Okay, I'm, I'm going to finish my thought there, but. Um, when you say, oh, you know, uh, why did they have to draw um, Black Widow with, you know, a, a small waist and, you know, she's athletic and has big tits and this and that. Um, you know, but the one thing is there are people in the world that, that look like that. And if she's a super spy who is, you know, portrayed as being this kind of superhero-ish kind of a person – um, then, you know, she might look like that to be more attractive to, um, whoever she's trying to seduce and to be physically fit enough to, you know, karate the fuck out of somebody and swing on a goddamn wire. Um, but in the Harbinger comic, they did have, uh, you know, some characters that were, uh, whether one's skinny, the other one's heavy or have, you know, small boobs and big hips or, uh, you know, a thicker waist or whatever, you know. Um, 
I can see that, but uh, but one thing also is that you know when you're on a timetable, you're not drawing the goddamn Sistine Chapel when you're when Marvel and DC and these comics are are you know creating these people and they have a timetable. I love Jack Kirby's art, but it's not exact. It, it's um he's like an auteur. Uh, his style is very recognizable and everything. But, you you know, they're having to put this stuff out almost like on a uh, fucking assembly line and put a book out, say, every month and sometimes two times a month and whatever. Um, but, again, uh, you don't hear the same people uh, yelling and screaming um, that, well, all men in comics, why do they all have to have six-pack abs? a uh, 32 inch waist and a, you know, a, a 50 inch chest and, and be ripped and be, you know, fucking movie star handsome and all this and that. Um, I think that one thing I was going to say that I got lost in my thought was um, that the one guy said that people get pissed. If you want to create a character that is that certain shape or that is that's uh, uh, identifies as a certain sexuality or whatever then create that character but what they seem to do and i haven't been reading comics that much lately i kind of try and follow on because they're just too goddamn expensive uh but um you they, from what this, you know, on these videos that I was watching, I'm, I'm being uh, distracted by Golgo 13, fucking some chick with great big tits <laughs> on my screen. But anyway, um, they, it seems like what they've been doing is, um, trying to make their, what they're trying to push or whatever agenda they have or whatever they're, they're, they're instead of creating a bisexual uh, character or instead of uh, creating a character that is, you know, uh, super thin and non-athletic or uh, a character that is, um, you know, um, I don't know, has armpit hair and refuses to become, you know, is a, is a, is a rabid feminist or whatever. They're taking characters that already exist and making them into that. So if they take, <laughs> if I apparently Jonathan Kent is in some comics, uh, the new Superman, and um, um, then they're coming out and saying that Jonathan Kent is either bisexual or gay, or Aquaman is gay, or Iceman in Marvel Comics is gay, uh, or. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones, um, but just t t uh, turning the already established characters into something else uh, or some other whatever, uh, and it's you know it's kind of pissing people off. And then, but I think well for me one thing that they did say, um, and I agree with this, and this is one reason I got out of reading a lot of comics was the marketing plan. And in manga, if you are reading manga, they will have, say, um, Tokyo Ghoul. And it starts at the beginning, and it just goes on and on and on. And you buy a new one 
when the new ones come out, however often they do and everything. I'm going to turn my little fan on here. Hang on. I'm going to, I'm going to pause for a moment. I, I just, I took a shower when I came in after uh, being outside and being that hot. And so I'm, I'm dried off, but I'm still a little bit, you know, got a little bit of perspiration. I'm trying to get a little cool, cool down a little bit. Um, but my big thing was other than that, a lot of times the storylines just sucked. Um, was there Marvel and DC's marketing? Um, and that is, um, I read comics, of course, when I was a little kid. And a lot of those comics uh, at first uh, that you would find in the barber shop or whatever were one-shot stories. If it was Fantastic Four, then you, it would be like one story and it would be wrapped up uh, at the end of the book. Uh, you did have some of those team-up uh, books that would not necessarily, well, I mean, like Captain America and Falcon or Captain America and Black Panther might, you know, have the two of them actually working together and teaming up. But you would have some that would be like, say, Hulk and, um, um, I don't know, like Iron Man. It would be one book, but it would have two stories. One story that was all Iron Man, and it would wrap up at the end of the of the book and uh, this, the double feature would be, it would be like a double feature, the double feature. The second feature would be like Hulk and he would be going against whoever the gremlin or uh, whoever. And then it would wrap up at the end of the book. Um, and also then later on uh, when I got a little bit old, you know, of course that was when I was, you know, in grade school. Uh, but when you started getting a little bit older, they would have an ongoing story. So if it was fantastic for, um, you would have, uh, of course, say if it started with issue, whatever, and it would, it would just continue on. You might have the story where the, the uh, evil Reed Richards, who was the brute, uh, came through like the negative zone and took Reed's place. And that went on uh, until that story was resolved but it would go on to another story. It, it, it would, the, the brute thing might get wrapped up, but at the end of that, the frightful four might appear, you know, and then it would take off from there. What are they doing? They are attacking them. They did this and that and everything. And that would go on for several months until it would wrap up, but it would just continue and continue, continue. Then I didn't read any comics for a, a while. Um, we used to buy, of course, you know, you would buy the comics at the drugstore uh, or at the grocery store in the little spin rack. Um, then um, I remember when I uh, went to college, <coughs> when I went to college, I at one time lived about three or four houses away from the local comic book store. And I went in and, you know, kind of browsed around and found some stuff. And, you know, I, I bought some comics and that was when X-Men was really st starting out. Um, I, I do remember um, my next door neighbor when I was in grade school, uh, we would trade comics and um, he got the X-Men uh, 100 where uh, Professor X had to get together this kind of hodgepodge group 
of superheroes to well some of them were like anti-heroes or or you know <laughs> hardly superheroes some of them were ex-villains and everything almost like thunderbolts or something um and to go and rescue um the old superman or <laughs> the old superman the old x-men team that had disappeared and i think that's when uh, the living plant or living island krakoa um uh had taken uh the old X-Men kind of hostage. And I, you know, the old X-Men were beast, uh, Cyclops, beast, uh, Iceman, um, angel and Marvel girl. And, um, you threw in later on at the, at there, uh, was a havoc and Polaris. And, um, but that book, I don't think it, it really didn't get over. Um, it was popular, because it was different, but it didn't get over like it wasn't a smash success or anything. And I think it got canceled. Now, um, when they brought back, uh, when Professor X had to get the hodgepodge team, uh, which, of course, Cyclops was the leader. Uh, you had, um, oh, um, Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, uh, Nightcrawler, Banshee. Um, was it? Um, I'm trying to think what the goddamn Indians say. <laughs> I want to say Thunderhawk or something, but um, he got killed um, it, like in the first mission. But anyway, they got those guys together to go rescue the other ones. And, and my next door neighbor, who was maybe a couple years younger than me, had that um, comic book and we swapped them and everything. And of course we read the comics until like the fucking covers fell off and they were just raggedy and everything. Nobody back then that I knew of like, um, only, you know, like kids were the only ones that read comic books. Uh, nobody like, saved them or collected them or put them in bags with uh, cardboard backing and, you know, had them in all kinds of different orders and everything. We would just read the shit out of them. We'd uh, trade them off with each other and everything else. And I still have some of those comics and I still cherish those. They're probably not worth a goddamn penny because they're, they're just, you know, raggedy, but it doesn't matter. That's the one that I had, you know, uh, anyway, and on that pulp, old pulp paper, um, but the marketing thing that they did was, and this really amped up th that I noticed when I was reading X-Men. Uh, when I started reading X-Men in college is when um, Rogue, uh, not well, sort of first appeared. She wasn't a bad guy. She was just becoming a good guy. And uh, I think Wolverine... Uh, the X-Men went to um, Japan, or as Rene Dupree says, Japan, uh, Japan. Um, when they went to Japan um, for Logan or Wolverine's wedding to Mariko Yoshida, um, they showed up and when they went to their house or whatever you want to call it. Um, and they were coming through the door. Well, then, you know, they, the X, the X-Men that were there introduced rogue to, well, Wolverine knew who she was and he was pissed because he was friends with Carol Danvers 
and um, Carol Danvers, Rogue and Carol Danvers were like enemies when Rogue was uh, evil uh, in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants or whatever. And she took um, Carol Danvers' powers and left Carol Danvers with no powers and kind of fucked her up really bad. Uh, so Wolverine was pissed off, but he didn't realize that she had changed and was, you know, turned over a new leaf and everything. And so anyway, that's when I started reading uh, comics when um, um, when I was in college. Uh, I do remember I really liked when um, X-Men would go, uh, like they they went to visit Jean Grey, and Jean Grey, was, her roommate was... Uh, was it not Miss, Misty Pride? I'm thinking Kitty Pride, Misty Knight. Uh, and um, she was dating um, Iron Fist, Danny Rand, which I thought that was cool. It was it, X-Men was kind of like a young, cool, young uh, person's comic. And um, my favorites were at that time, of course, I started reading X-Men. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good, you know. And I think Jim Lee was – I don't know if he was drawing it at the time. I know Todd McFarlane, uh, I think, was writing it. And uh, anyway, so I, I'm just you – know, my brain's mush. But I started reading X-Men. It was the Uncanny X-Men. Then they came out with a book, which was just X-Men. So I thought, well, yeah, that's kind of cool, because they were both really good. Um, and, you know, you followed along in both of them. And, and um, But then they came out with X-Factor, X-Force, New Mutants, Cable, um, what else? Wolverine. You had a couple different Wolverine books. Um you know, and then they would have like a Colossus or, you know, would have one shots and things like that. And then they would have crossovers where you had to get all the books to follow along with the main story that was, you know, the summer spectacular. And so you went from buying one comic. And I think in when I was in college, OK, when I was a little kid, the first price I remember was 25 cents. And then. I remember when I was in college, I'm trying to think if it was $1.99 or if it was 90, it might've been nine I can't remember if it was 99 or $1.99, but it would go up like 25 cents every so many years or whatever, every year, every so many years. And, um, that just got to be, a, it, it was exciting and it was fun. Of course, back then I didn't have any money, you know, I was working like minimum wage job and everything. And I remember my friend Jim and I would go to the comic book store and we would have stuff reserved. That's when the big speculation thing was going on with Superman, uh, you know, and Doomsday and Batman and Bane, Batman getting his back broken. And they would have all the, um, the different covers, you would have one issue come out, but it would have like five different variant covers. And if it had like a, a foil cover or a hologram cover or something, it might be instead of $1.99, it might be $3.99 or $2.99 or $4.99 or whatever. 
So it just became this money-making scam. And I think that people were more than willing to pay that at first when the product was good. You didn't want to miss out. Uh, and like, I mean, Spider-Man went from one comic, the amazing Spider-Man to where they had so many different Spider-Man comics and spinoffs and clones and all kinds of stuff like that. Avengers had Avengers then West coast Avengers. And then, um, you know, all these different Avengers books and they've each Avenger, you know, would have a different, uh, singles title or anything. But when the product was good, and this is before the internet, so you couldn't just follow along and look and see what's happening on fucking Wikipedia or on comic book resources or whatever. But it was still a community, and I loved going to my friend's comic book store, hanging out. We had a group of friends that would hang out there. You'd go in, and sometimes, you know, uh, two or three of them would be there. And sometimes, you know, you, you just go, whenever you went, there'd be different people there and you'd hang out. There was times where I, I would just, I would just go over there literally almost every day, stop in and just hang out, sit on the stool on the other side of the fucking counter. And just me and my buddy would stand there and talk and he, you know, the owner and you know, people would come in and they just hang out and we'd bullshit. And, um, but it got to be where, you know, like you would reserve stuff and you would go in there and you'd have this big fucking pile. And it's like, well, okay, I'm just going to take this one, this one, and this one. And then my, you know, my friend would act like he was irritated that you didn't take every, everything when you came in, uh, or you said, well, I don't want, I don't want this ish, this, uh, title anymore. Um, and, um, so anyway, you know, it was just a question of, of fucking money. I mean, you go from buying one title a month uh, that is <laughs> 25 cents, and then, you know, later on, uh, you're going in and every issue is is a, a dollar, a dollar 99, uh, and they come out twice a month, and you go in and you might be spending, uh, you know, 25 to 50 bucks uh and you're making at that time 350 maybe an hour uh 375 an hour or something like that you're not making any money and you're going to the fucking stupid fucking arcade and blowing money and going to see movies and shit so anyway that's something that especially when the prices started going up and when prices got up to um, I know two ninety nine three. Of course, you know two ninety nine, three ninety nine, four ninety nine, five ninety nine. It got to be where you know you. I started you know thinking, okay, I, I need to start scaling back, um, because this is just it's getting to be too much. There's too many fucking titles. A lot of the times, um, the books just weren't that good anymore. They would talk about how the paper was better or the covers or what or whatever. You might start reading a, a book that you really like the artist. And then you'd be reading that story. And then next thing you know, some they would have some other artist drawing it that was really subpar compared to, like, say you had Jim Lee and I really liked his art and it looked really good. 
Well, then next thing you know, um, even sometimes in one book, Jim Lee might write, and I'm not just saying Jim Lee because I'm not even sure if he was one of the ones that was doing this, but you would have an artist that you really thought was great. It was a real selling point of the comic. Um, and he would do like the first few pages or the cover, uh, the first few pages, and then uh, some of the last pages. But, you know, in the middle, they would bring on some guy, you know, uh, who was, uh, I don't know if I'd say substandard, but it wasn't what you wanted, and it was a lesser art style. And you're like, what the fuck is this, you know? And then later on, when all these books came out, like, you know, the books about, like, the history of Marvel Comics or with the Internet and stuff that you can read and everything um, on there and talk about, you found out that um, – whether it was Image or DC or Marvel or whoever, you know, some of these guys, yeah, their art was really good and it was really detailed, but they couldn't keep up with the schedule. So since they couldn't keep up with the schedule, they would have these guys that would, if you were talking about wrestling, they would be the, uh, the uh, carpenters, <laughs> you know, or the jobbers or the carpenters or whatever that could just come in and they could just do page after page after page because their style was a lot less detailed. And, and, you know, I don't want to say not as good because I like, like Mike Mignola uh, and, and his style and it's a lot more simplistic, but I know that's what I'm getting. And I know from beginning to end, that's what I'm going to get. And you're not going in looking at the Mona Lisa and then halfway through the book, it's Charlie fuck, it's Charlie Brown or Archie comics, you know, that kind of style. So anyway, that was a turnoff. And um, I stopped, I'm trying to think when I stopped kind of reading Cold Turkey. I can't pinpoint it that much. I know that I was dating uh, a couple of girls Um one, when I was in college and she would read comics with me, I would, you know, go over to her house. She liked Rogue and I would even draw like some comic book characters and like, you know, make like a, a one of Rogue that looked like her and everything. And and she liked X-Men and we were reading that. And the same with um, now this was probably two years, maybe three years out of college. I was dating another girl and we read comics together and she was a lifeguard up at the swimming pool. And there were uh, some people that guys that she worked with up there that read comics. And she really liked, you know, she liked, um, uh, we were reading like um, some of the newer Batman cause they were really, I think more into DC and uh, they would give her some, um, you know, uh, uh, graphic novels and stuff like that. And we would go and, you know, have a little picnic and stuff. And we'd be reading Batman and Superman and stuff like that. Um, but then I kind of got out of it totally. But I remember when I was working at the job that I just had here over the past 25 fucking years. And, um, um, I st- was at the grocery store. It was a shop and save and um, they had a comic book rack. And I was like, Oh shit, you know, well, maybe I'll, um, I'll um, get some comics or get a, you know, 
But I even remember saying to myself, now this might have, now actually this might have been right before I had that job because I worked for a, a biscuit company, which was a cookie and cracker company. And um, we would, uh, had our brand of cookies and crackers and stuff and put them in all the grocery stores. So I might've seen them in that grocery store on a spin rack. And I said to myself, I'm okay. I'm not falling into that trap where I end up buying a million different comics. I'm just going to, I like <coughs> Avengers. So I always liked Avengers back to uh, Cap's kooky quartet, which was Captain America, Hawkeye. Um, um, who else was in Cap's kooky quartet? Uh, oh, uh, Quicksilver and uh, Scarlet Witch. And uh, even before that, you know, with uh, Goliath or Giant Man uh, and uh, Thor and all of them against like Living Laser and, um, um, you know, those those guys, <laughs> those guys, Count Nefaria, uh, Ultron, whoever, um, and uh, Wonder Man and all that stuff. So I said, I'm just going to buy one title and that's it. Uh, they're like a dollar ninety nine a piece. I'm just going to get one, and I'm just going to follow that one like religiously. So I got Avengers, and that ended up being Avengers, Avengers. I'm sorry, Avengers, uh, disassemble. I think, and um, then they had the um, where the, the uh, Electro uh, hit the the uh, raft, the uh, super villain prison with all this electricity shut down all the power and um, um, I don't know if it was Captain America or who they were on the, at the prison at the time while all these super villains got out, Mr. Hyde, uh, there was just a shitload of them, you know, really uh, dangerous villains. And uh, they went to this one cell and they said, there's only one person. There's one person here that can fucking help us, you know, cause they were so overwhelmed overwhelming odds and the Avengers of course had disassembled. So there were no Avengers to, to whatever. And they went to this cell and there was this guy with, you know, real long hair and a long blonde hair, long fucking blonde beard in this dirty dank cell. And they said, you know, this guy uh, is the only one that can help us. Well, it ended up, it was this character century century that they introduced and I like that character. A lot of people hated it because they said that they thought it was, you know, Marvel ripping off um, Superman. But they did take it in a in such a strange and weird direction with him ha- being mentally ill and everything. And I and I like that. I like that um, he that the character just had had a lot of depth, and uh, that there was a price to pay for, you know, him using his powers and stuff like that. Now they kind of pushed out on that. Um, I hated where they went with it, uh, in the end, um, because I liked the character so much. Um, and then it ended up, it was almost like that character was almost like a, um, I don't know, not an April fool's joke, but sort of something like that, where they created this backstory that he had existed all this time, but, um, that Dr. Strange had, I think cast a spell. So everyone would forget him because he was so powerful and everything. And, uh, because of what, like I said, the price to pay for whatever, 
uh, him using his powers and they just wanted him to be able to live a normal life. Uh, and again, I like that part of the story too. They even went and uh, created these old issues that look like old 1950s issues of comics that were simplistic like that, like the old Superman and stuff. But so anyway, that whole marketing thing really turned me off and the price of the comics going up to like $5.99 and whatever. And then, you know, I know a lot of my friends would say, well, I just wait for the trade paperbacks to come out or the um, 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 graphic novels and um, omnibus. I don't, I don't mind. I, I'm, I'm actually like, you know, I've got like a Fantastic Four omnibus in there, you know, in my other room right now and everything I'm looking at. Um but I was always the kind of person as long as I, that's like I said about the cover getting ripped off and stuff like that. I would go into my friend's comic book store and he would have some old shitty comics. Or if I went to a flea market or a yard sale or something and they had old shitty raggedy comics, as long as I could read them, that's the same with movies. Yeah. I would like to watch a movie that's in uh, 4k, you know, ultra HD or whatever. But if they had a, a um, VHS rip of an old movie that was out of print that I had never seen and everything. I would love watching as long as I can see it, see the story and absorb it and see the acting and everything, you know, I'm all in for it. And that goes for the comics too, but they just outpriced themselves for me. And it there toward the end too, the stories were just getting really shitty. And every time I would just, and this is, this is what I'm talking about with just, I was mostly a Marvel person. Uh, and then I did get into some DC with, uh, you know, I think like, again, when that girl that I was dating, her friends would give her graphic novels with Batman and Superman and those characters like with Frank Miller and the dark Knight and all that stuff. Um, but I never got into DC as much as Marvel and, um, but the stories just started getting really shitty. And at one time I started picking up uh, green lantern and I thought, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to start reading this green lantern and it was really good. And then I can't remember. They had like some kind of summer spectacular. I don't know if it was crisis on infinite earth or, or a flashpoint or whatever. And I'm reading along, I'm reading green lantern and um, I'm really digging Sinestro and all this shit. And I think in the one that I was reading, Sinestro had uh, become a, a green lantern again. And um, I really liked that character and him and Hal Jordan were working together. And then the next thing, you know, I think it's when it turned into the new 52, maybe I, I, Maybe I can't remember, but all of a sudden, everything that I was reading just kind of went null and void and it didn't mean anything. And I was like, well, what the fuck, you know? So I got out of reading that and I did read some, um, justice league for a while. Uh, but in, and it was actually pretty good because Marvel was just sucking so bad X-Men, which had been so good and had rejuvenated like Marvel and rejuvenated my whole wanting to read comics and stuff was just dead that they, and I got, you know, online and stuff. And I would see where some people would say, well, you know, this story right now in X-Men is really good or this one sucks and everything. And nothing was really that great. And that included with like Wolverine too. And, um, Avengers, uh, uh, and I think of course, that's why they made the Avengers movie. I remember the, 
X-Men. I was really excited when the first X-Men movie came out. And, you know, like I said, nobody knew who Hugh Jackman even was. And he did a really good job. And I, and I did like that movie because it was like the beginning of seeing what they could, what they were beginning to be able to do uh, with comics that they couldn't do before. You had the Doctor Strange TV movie, uh, the Hulk TV show, um, and stuff like that. But it was never, you know, you were very limited. Um, and, but I think that Avengers Disassemble was the beginning of such a great time in Avengers, which there were so many great times even before that, that, uh, but that was the modern Avengers that was, you know, people really got into. And that was all, that was also, they came off of that one. Um, uh, of course you had new 52 in DC, but Marvel had their, uh, ultimates universe, which was sort of like new 52, uh, in that they wanted to make these uh, Marvel characters, instead of having a bazillion different characters, you were going to be introduced. It was going to be a jumping off point for new readers. Uh, and it was going to be uh, make like the characters more real and realistic, but give a starting point to uh, the Marvel universe for these characters. And that's what eventually the Marvel Cinematic Universe sort of, you know, kind of took off from with, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury. Uh, and um, I didn't mind that it was definitely more adult, uh, more of an adult uh, uh, comic and not as much for like kids, little kids, because like Blob fucking grabbed Janet Van Dyne fucking the wasp and just fucking ate her. I mean, he killed her and ate her. Um, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, who are brother and sister in comics, and the daughter and son of Magneto. And then, of course, they just have the continuity just so fucked up and everything that, well, maybe they're not because uh, um, X-Men is owned by, and Spider-Man are owned by this one movie studio and Fantastic Four and then X, and then Avengers and everything's owned by another studio and Magneto's in one and he's not in the other, but Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are in one, but they're not in the other, but Quicksilver's in, you know, X-Men universe, but he's also in Avengers. And it just kind of, it's really <laughs> kind of bullshit, but in the Ultimates universe, X, they allude to that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are brother and sister, but they're like fucking mentally ill, definitely, because they're like, they allude to the fact that they're in an incestuous relationship. And then Captain America is definitely not as much. Okay, now he's uber ultra patriotic, but he's not as much the super you know, nice guy kind of a thing. And, um, but anyway, they had that. And then they, like I said, they kind of just like morphed, uh, that with the regular universe. And I think DC kind of did the same thing with it. It was like, they took what they wanted from, from the new 52 and kept it, but 
kind of went back. And then they've done so many um, um, of these big, huge crossovers to set a continuity, set the continuity in a certain way and say, okay, now this, from now on after Flashpoint or from now on after Crisis on Infinite Earth or from now on after this or that, this is what it's going to be from now on. But then they fucking have to change it up again and everything. So I totally got out of comics again. And again, I, I can see certain things that I agree with as far as the diversity and wokeness uh, in comics, um, if they do it a, a certain way, but when it appears that they are forcing a size, you know, 16 foot into a size nine shoe, you know, people just get sick of it and pissed off and get tired of it. And not only that, you're, you're, you're fucking up a good, the idea of having characters that are even say built, uh, diversely, different body shapes and everything, uh, different sexualities, different, whatever is a good idea. But when you force it to the point of taking characters that people just uh, grew up with and love, and, uh, you're forcing those characters into, you know, a square peg into a round hole. Um, it pisses people off. And not only that, but you're not putting out, you're, you're putting out so much product because you're greedy that, um, you're turning people off, uh, especially when you say you have Toyota, Ford, Chevy, and um, Honda. And then each one of those, say you have one car for each brand, and they're great. But then all of a sudden, Toyota, Chevy, Ford, and Honda start each putting out uh, 50 different cars and just keep mass producing them, making the price go up and up and up. And the cars are shit. They're just not that good. Um, when the quality goes down, you can put it on whatever kind of fucking paper you want. And then the digital thing pisses is pisses a lot of people off because you get on Marvel or DC's, website and then say the new captain america came out and if you buy the hard copy of it on this slick glossy paper and all this and that it's 4.99 but then you go to their website and you buy a digital copy and it's brand new and it's 4.99 and it's just ridiculous you know it should be less and if you wait of course you can go and have their whole fucking back catalog for a certain price and, or, you know, they're way cheaper and everything, but to get them brand new, you know, it's just, it's just ridiculous that uh, a physical copy uh, and a digital copy costs the exact same. Um, What I eventually went to or gravitated to was I um, 
liked Hellboy. And so I started reading Dark Horse comics. And like uh, the manga, if you have Hellboy, um, you started at the fucking first one and it just went on and on and on. Now they did once hell the, they ended Hellboy. Uh, they went back and they would do like a Hellboy 1946, Hellboy 1956 and stuff like that. But you weren't putting it all out at the same time. And it wasn't like a big cash grab. Um, the art, they came out, uh, even if there was big pauses like Hellboy Hell on Earth, if they weren't, they weren't coming out like once a month, but. I couldn't wait for the next issue to come out, even if I if even if I had to wait, because it was a compelling story that went, uh, you know, bam, 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 uh, and you wanted to see what was going to happen, and the writing was really good and everything. And that's the same with, like I said, I'm you know whether I'm reading a Tokyo Ghoul or um, uh, uh, Grappler Baki. Um, I'm trying to think of some other stuff, uh, you know, a demon slayer and those things. And then they're putting out <laughs> these, this anim- anim- <coughs> animation, which is really good. Um, and I think that's why, you know, Marvel and DC are just, they've been killing themselves for a long time. Uh, I think their basic thing is, you know, just greed and if you go back and you read some of this shit in these books about Marvel and DC and these uh, artists and authors and stuff, that what they had to go through working for these different companies and what assholes and, you know, uh, yeah, fucking Todd McFarlane suing uh, uh, this person and that person and image, you know, saying, OK, well, we're going to start something good where we just have all these artists and uh, they start this guy. There's a really good documentary just about image comics that I found on YouTube that was really good. Uh, but anyway, so I was just, been, you know, Mary and I were watching some comic book stuff um, just here recently. Also, I uh, went off on a, a little bit of a tangent. My God, that was 50 minutes of comic book stuff. <laughs> um, was watching some, this doesn't, I mean, it's, uh, silver and gold, just about it, whatever, whatever I talk about. <laughs> but I found some really cool um, um, videos when I was riding my gazelle and my stationary bike last night. Um, of um, I like finding some like different and odd or old timey um, sports and games and things like that videos on YouTube. Because I remember back in the day when I was a youngster, of course, um, when they only, when say you had ABC, NBC, and CBS. And a big thing to watch on, I think, Saturday, I'm trying to think it was Saturday. Sunday was usually football and that stuff. But I think it was Saturday. You had Wide World of Sports. And Wide World of Sports, um, you might have fucking uh, um, ice racing where they have like a, a ice skating kind of like rink, a big round uh, track and uh, almost like speed skating. But they would, you know, just be like racing like that. Um, roller derby, uh, barrel jumping where you would have all these like uh, wooden like beer barrels 
and they would um, lay them on their sides and line them up. And then the guy would get a run for it on his ice skates. And it's all outside in the, you know, in uh, winter sports um, and, um, you know, go flying as fast as they could on their skates towards these barrels and then leap in the air and see how many they can jump successfully. And sometimes they would, <laughs> they wouldn't make it. They'd hit the last barrel or hit the barrels and just, you know, wipe out, which is cool. Uh, like log rolling, where, you know, you'd have these big logs out in the water and the guys would have those cleated uh, spiked shoes like lumberjack sports. Uh, and you would get on those logs like floating in the water and and try and um, be two guys on a log. And they would, you know, spin that log as fast as they could and then try and knock the other guy off by just suddenly uh, having it go the other way. And the guys would have to watch each other's feet to see how they were going. And it was so fast. Um uh, like ice, um, uh, skiing, uh, snowmobile racing, the Iditarod, you'd have fucking, uh, fishing, um, just sports and games. Like they'd have billiards, uh, you'd have billiards, but then you would have like nine ball and eight ball, uh, the, you know, the billiards game that, you know, they play in like, uh, Europe that there's no pockets, uh, I, I never have grasped, I never looked it up. Uh, I just remember seeing it on TV and like thinking, you know, what, what, what the hell are they doing here? Um, if they actually portrayed that and they showed that in, uh, the hustler with Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason and, uh, uh, that fast Eddie Felson, they would play nine ball. And, uh, that's such a, I have a book, um, about, um, the old, um, uh, pool sharks that would go around and they would play these tournaments and stuff, but it was all, it was like, a um, Willie Moscone, Minnesota fats. And of course, those are two of the big names, uh, Steve Miserac and these different guys. And there's some different ones that, uh, that, um, uh, one guy wimpy something. I can't remember what his name was. Uh, but this book's really good. I can, I'd have to, let me look and see if I can find it. Uh, but I really recommend it. Even if you aren't into like, billiards or playing pool. Uh, if you like the movie, the hustler, this is a really good book. Um, I'm, I'd like to maybe reread that one of these days. I, I really liked it. I can't, I think I found it in a, um, in a, not a used bookstore, but like an over, they had going up to Pittsburgh, they had a, um, uh, like a overstock, uh, it's like a book, book world or something like that. And it was just like, a, uh, they would have a million books in there and they'd be brand new. Uh, but it was just overstock. And I would go in there and I, I mean, I bought so many movie books and books about, uh, uh, Hollywood movies about sports, uh, just anything you can think of. I bought a b- books about spies and Vikings and, um, you know, uh, lots of different biographies that were really good. Um, of course I'd never be able to find that book. Now. I have it in the other room, but, um, uh, let's see, there's Willie Moscone, Moscone. Um, Anyways, I can't find it right now, but if I do, I'll, I'll put a picture up of it on the, uh, on the, uh, website as a, as a recommend for, because it talks about these guys and how they actually went around like, um, 
you saw in the hustler uh they would go around to these pool halls and you know just to make money of course they would play in these tournaments uh and try and make big money that way but their their main thing was going around and actually hustling people uh in billiard halls and bars to make money and the stories are really you know really good and really cool i love that movie i love the hustler um the one with tom cruise uh was pretty good because it was just so so great to see fast eddie felson uh again and uh you knew that um paul newman nine times out of 10 wasn't, he was going to make a good movie and it wasn't going to be some shit, uh, you know, shit fest, crap, fest, shit fest, crap, a fawn, whatever. Anyway, I just found a big picture of Minnesota fats. Um, so anyway, um, anyway, 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 I'll say that five more fucking times, but, um, I was watching some videos about, um, I found some, uh, rally, uh, videos where in, in Europe, where they were, uh, they, uh, are doing like road rallies in these, you know, little BMW cars and Fiat's and, uh, Volkswagens and stuff like that. Um, and stuff like that. I'll say that 10 more times too. Um, a lot of, I mean, they were just, they weren't showing like a whole race. They were just showing where people, uh, had cameras set up and stuff along the, along the the course and these cars are fucking flying on these dirt and gravel roads uh and crashing and rolling over and there there would be these these groups of of guys that would just hang out at certain parts of the course i guess maybe where they knew the the turns and stuff were bad and people might wreck and as soon as somebody would run off the road or wreck or roll over all these guys would just go running they were just like fans would go running over to the car uh, of course, I'm sure they would check on the people, but mo- most of the time they would just try and tip the car back over onto its wheels and the car would fucking take a and just take off. There was one that was really good. Um, I watched yesterday and um, it was, of course, in Europe and um, it was in the wintertime. So, I mean, they're just going balls out on these fucking roads um, in these, you know, little European cars uh, and on ice and snow, it was really fun to watch. And then some like uh, motorcycle hill climbing, uh, where this, these also, they have these in the United States a lot. Uh, uh, but in Europe, they must be really big too. And they stretch out that back, um, end of a, like a dirt bike and then put these great big tires on the back that have spikes sticking out of them and try and go up these fucking now the, from certain angles you look and you're like, well, that doesn't look that bad. But then they would have like a camera up on top of, the, of this fucking hill that they're trying to, to get to the t- top of. Are these motherfuckers, this motherfuckers like straight up and down. And it looks like you're, you're on the top of a skyscraper looking down at the people down below. So we were Mary, Mary and I, they had a thunderstorm yesterday. So we were down in the basement. That's where the, uh, workout equipment is. <laughs> I'm trying to lose. I'm doing a, um, a thing. My brother-in-law follows this guy, Dr. Berg on, um, YouTube. And then he also has a website and uh, for the most part, um, I don't I don't think he's a quack or anything. I think he is all about, 
you know, eating healthy and trying to get healthy and what you should eat, what you can eat to get your, your natural insulin levels down. Uh, you know, they always talk about fat, a fatty liver, uh, to help, you know, help that, help that out, how to lose weight without like dieting. Uh, they have, he talks a lot about, um, like intermittent fasting. And the only time I had ever fasted is like about if I have to have blood work done and I'll fast for like 24 hours or something like that, uh, before I go and get, you know, get, do my blood work. And then they can get an idea of what, uh, one time I fucking, I wasn't thinking and I was at work and I was fasting. So I was just drinking water. You can drink black coffee with nothing in it, just black coffee and water. Um, I imagine you can have tea with nothing in it, like uh, no no sugar or any kind of sweetener or anything. But I wasn't thinking, and before I went to give to do blood work, I was fasting. I was chewing a piece of Wrigley Spearmint gum, and when I went to give my blood or do do my blood work, well, you know, you go and do the blood work, and then the doctor gets it the next day or a couple of days later or whatever. And when you go to your appointment, they look at it and say, okay, your medication looked, everything looks good, blah, 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 blah. And I went and like my triglycerides were like sky high and everything. He goes, Oh, you're doing something's wrong here. So then he has to run all these fucking tests and shit. And all it ended up being was I was stupid and I chewed a fucking piece of gum. Cause I was like, well, shit, I'm fucking, I'm not eating hardly any carbohydrates or anything. And that's like that Dr. Berg. It's like you, you can eat carbohydrates. Um, and he's not, he doesn't, he's not for, um, that, uh, keto or, um, what do you call it? Um, like Adkins and stuff like that. He talks about, you know, the bad parts of that, you know, that it can make your, your levels, your cholesterol and stuff bad. And it can affect your, um, your, you know, your uh, digestive tract. And, um, I did that one time and I lost a bunch of weight, but then, um, I was nearing like having, a what a diverticulosis. And they said, you know, you need to start eating at least one small salad a day, or you're going to get diverticulitis, which is way worse. Um, but anyway, when, when he's talking about like the intermittent fasting, he was saying, okay, you want to get to like ideally, and he said, this will help you lose weight. You, you can you know, kind of eat what you want, but it will, it will um, help you lose weight, you know, get the fatty liver in check, uh, your insulin levels naturally get them down and everything. And that is um, the number of meals you're going to eat a day. And when he was talking about intermittent fasting, I was thinking, okay, well, you're going to go 24 hours without eating and then you're going to eat or, and then you're going to eat normal or whatever. Um, but that wasn't what he was saying. It was more like, um, in the end you were going to eat at like 1 PM. I think it was like 1 PM and 5 PM. You could eat whatever you wanted at 1 p.m. and it, and then your dinner at 5 p.m. But that's it. So then after 5 p.m., you're not eating anything, and that even includes snacks. You're not eating anything until 1 p.m. the next day. Yeah, you might get up in the morning and drink a cup of coffee or something like that. 
but you're not going to eat anything. So actually what you're having is like 16 hours. Instead of doing a 24-hour fast, you're doing a 16-hour fast. And if you're sleeping eight of those 16 hours, well, then you're really only fasting awake for like eight hours. So uh, to me, it just seemed like you were just, you were skipping your, um, you were just skipping breakfast. Uh, and he didn't just say go and just start doing that. He had a plan where you, you started out eating like small meals, like five times during the day. And then you back that down to say, you know, your regular three meals a day. Um, and then, you know, you cut out the snacks and stuff and then you, but you I think the main thing was, is okay. You're sleeping. If you're sleeping a good eight hours, and sometimes, I mean, if you're a lazy fucker and you're not working <laughs> and you sleep 10 hours or whatever, you know, then you don't have as long to wait until you eat your, your lunch. Um, but so then you, you, you're, you have that fasting. And he said what that does is promote like uh, your natural growth hormone uh, over your insulin. And it'll cause you because you're not meant to be grazing all day long. Uh, if, you know, as an animal, you just kind of, well, I guess, you know, animals probably do graze all day long, but if you're like a, an ape or so, I don't know. But anyway, so anyway, I'm just trying that. And, um, I get to eat again in an hour, <laughs> but I need to lose. I'm turning into George, the animal steel. Um, and, um, let's see here and get some out of this goddamn heat though. Outside is just awful. I found a thing I was thinking about for some reason. They have these death match things on uh, YouTube where a guy will just pick like a, some of the really cool ones are ones that aren't normal. It's not like a, okay, Superman versus a, a fucking Dr. Doom. It would be like um, um, Captain America versus um I don't know. I, I was going to say one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. One thing, one well, I always thought, you know, I'm such a child in, in, in my brain um, that I um, think of these things. And I was thinking one day I, if I could do a crossover comic and write something that was just like a one-shot crossover, it would be like a Sabretooth from Marvel X-Men Universe, whatever, against um, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all of them, you know, against Sabretooth and, or, you know, just finding different from different, uh, they had one that was Judge Dredd against RoboCop. And I always like look thinking of ones that were, I think it was, um, I don't know, I don't think it was Sabretooth. I think it was um, um, maybe Predator versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I always like coming up with those ones that would be like, um, uh, you know, having, uh, they did in comics, I think alien versus predator, um, and, if, and in movies. Um, uh, but I always thought, you know, it would be cool if you merged, um, maybe the blade runner universe and, um, aliens. Like I said, you know, well, when they went to, um, of course, Ripley's, um, that was almost just like by accident, that they came uh, uh, across the aliens, but um, more more along the lines of Prometheus 
instead of sending out that ship, the you know Prometheus, that you know that ship and everything, um, or no, I'm sorry, Aliens Two. Instead of sending out those, uh, you know, Royal Marines or whatever the fuck they were with Michael Bean and uh, Paxton and those guys, which was a great movie. I love that fucking movie. I love the first one. I love the second one. Uh, I love the third one. Uh, and I I have fun with the other ones. I, I still haven't seen the new Predator movie with the where the Predator is there and then the big alpha, you know, Predator shows up. I saw the... the uh, you know, somebody reviewing it and I didn't think that it even looked good. I didn't even really want to watch it. Um, I do like some of the alien versus predator stuff because even though they were kind of more pop bubblegum popcorn movie type of the thing, um, I like that they had the Bishop, uh, you know, like character, the real guy. Um, it's almost, um, when I come up with those, I, those ideas of having a, um, instead of sending like the Prometheus ship, which is what I was saying, um, have the whole Wayland and, um, um, oh, what's his name from fucking Blade Runner, but send out, you know, these, you know, you had Bishop, the the character of Bishop, the uh, cybernetic organism or whatever, biological fucking uh, more human than human. Um, but send out, you know, when in Blade Runner, you had Roy Batty, who was, you know, Nexus 6 combat model. Um, send out a fucking bunch of those motherfuckers uh, and have a, you know, uh, that's like the Blade Runner 2 book. Uh, they had the real Roy Batty. Uh, the, he was an old general, like an old uh, a colonel or general. Uh, he would be like um, uh, Audie Murphy or something. I don't know, or General Patton or, or who it would be. But he was the, the real human that they based the Roy Batty, um, the, the template for the Roy Batty Nexus six, um, replicant. But my thing was, okay, you could have something like that where, of course, of course the Bishop character, uh, wasn't supposed, was supposed to be programmed to not, it was almost like, you know, uh, a, a doctor where their thing is do no harm. And my thing was, okay, let's have, have a storyline where to combat these, um, uh, aliens, the xenomorphs, um, to contain them or whatever, send out a, a group of, or a battalion or whatever of these fucking replicants, uh, that are like the Roy Batty Nexus six kind of deal. Uh, because, um, I would want to have them and have it like in a story that they, that they can't, the, the aliens can't, um, the replicants can't sustain like alien life. So they can't get into the replicants and, uh, gestate and, and grow and be- make new aliens or, or, uh, take them over and, and, and have them become some type of new xenomorph. 
On the other hand, an even better, I think an even better thing would be to have um, Terminators um, and have a battle. And I, I, when I brought this up, I think somebody actually said they actually did this in a comic where they had Terminator versus Alien. I don't know if Predator was in there or not. I think Ellen Ripley might have been in the, in there. Um, but um, have the Cyberdyne system uh, want, and then say they eventually they created the aliens and they grew them and nurtured them and turned them into this uh, life form that could survive, you know, anything. Um, and Cyberdyne systems. Um, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting mixed in with, uh, with Keanu Reeves and the fucking, uh, Oh, whatchamacallit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that they're using them for batteries and stuff. Uh, but anyway, that have like the, the fucking, uh, the, it would end up being artificial intelligence versus, you know, the greatest um, biologically created life form, most virulent and most sustainable and everything and have them kind of duke it out. Now, of course, you would have to have something in the middle of that to, and I, you know, I would have, maybe have some humans or some other life forms. Or, I think that they said that they did a, uh, that was part of this X-Men crossover was that Moira McTaggart, Moira McTaggart, who was the love interest of Professor X. And I think she and Banshee might have had something at one time. But she ended up um, in this comic. Um, she had, she would be reborn. It was like she was, no matter how she would, she would die, she would be reborn and start all over again. So her thing was, she knew that artificial intelligence was going to take over the world. And that included uh, having um, what I think it started out as humans versus mutants. And the way that the humans, of course, you had like, you know, Magneto, who was always saying, you know, homo superior and the mutants are, are superior. So they should take their place where they are being held back and being persecuted by humans to keep them down, even though they're because there's not as many of them. They're a minority. So his thing was to, you know, of course, take over and become, you know, the more powerful and uh, the humans and, and evolve to where the humans are the um, lesser and uh, the, become the minority. Um, so the humans to fight back they have, of course, non-mutant um, superheroes that are fighting against the mutants that have Krakoa, Krakoa which I talked about earlier, uh, which is the mutant uh, homeland, uh, f f free 
nation or whatever, and all mutants can live there, whether they're good guys or bad guys. And they start a treaty with the humans that humans can't punish uh, mutants. If a mutant, like say like Sabretooth murders somebody or he's a psychopath, then the humans would bring him to the mutants and the mutants would deal with him however they saw fit. Their thing was to never kill another mutant. So they don't have a death penalty. So if Sabretooth's a psychopath, it's killing people and can't control himself. They get him and they put him in like prison or whatever. And they put like a collar on him that dampens him and everything that makes him docile. But anyway, so you end up having the humans who are probably more or less going on the uh, super soldier type formula uh, that they created with Captain America and then, you know, made like um, uh, all these other superheroes, but they're not mutants. They weren't born that way. And to be able to combat or uh, stay on a, almost like an arms race, the Russians and the Americans with the nuclear arms race to stay on a certain level. They have like an arms race. Uh, again, the mutants are saying, okay, we're not going to have any kind of death penalty and everything. We're going to have our own country, and we're going to grow our population. Um, stay out of our way. We won't fuck with you. You don't fuck with us. Uh, but still, they're so powerful. It's like, okay, you know, can we really trust these fuckers with all this power? Uh, you have a certain amount of politicians and stuff that say, you know, we have to have as much power as they have in case it's not always going to be Professor X and Magneto uh, being nice uh, because they also have in in their um, in their almost like the Illuminati kind of a thing that they had with Professor X, Magneto, Submariner, uh, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards uh, on Krakoa. They have like their their council. Uh, you have Magneto, you have Professor X, of course, but they also have like Mr. Sinister and um, um, Emma Frost, I think, probably Submariner because he's a he's a um, mutant, uh, and also uh, like Apocalypse and, and Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister. I mean, those are as bad as they get. You know, one time Magneto was too, but they kind of made him more of the. Um, uh, Malcolm X kind of character and Professor X, the Martin Luther King kind of character. But they say, okay, you know, we're going to all get together. Um, and uh, Apocalypse is like, hey, you know, that's what I've always said. You know, we we should uh, uh, make uh, mutants stronger, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And Mr. Sinister was about genetic engineering to do the same thing and everything. So the humans decide, okay, we have our superhero people, but we also need to be able to whatever. So they create, you know, the art, artificial intelligence and they start creating weapons of like war and whatever. And, but the thing is Moira McTaggart continually, she continually lives her life 
and tries different ways. And I can't remember what her end game was to, to uh, save the world maybe, or to save life on planet earth. Uh, or I don't know if it was just specifically to save mutants, but it ends up, um, she can, I don't know if she's like a cat that has like nine lives. She only has a certain amount of lives. Um, but she, the one character, it was mystique and, um, was it mystique's mother that is like the precog that can see into the future. But Moira continually, like in this book, goes through life where she meets Professor X in college and they fall in love. And then, okay, well, then they go through that life and it doesn't work and the mutants end up getting slaughtered or whatever. Uh, So she gets killed. She starts over again. So then the next time she's in college, she meets Professor X. He asks her out and she blows him off or whatever. And she ends up living another life where she meets somebody else and da, da, da. And then go through that and the world ends up blowing up or getting destroyed. So she starts over again and she, she's continually learning from these experiences to try to figure out how to get to her end game which I, again, I don't remember if it was to save the mutant, the mutant race or to save all of life on planet earth or whatever. But it ends up that um, when I was talking about like Cyberdyne and the Terminators versus the aliens or um, who, okay, you had Wayland Industries, which were the ones responsible for aliens and, but also created David who then begat <laughs> Bishop and all that. Um, in Blade Runner, it was, I said more human than human. And it was, um, Nexus six, Roy Batty, combat model, yada, yada, yada. Let me look it up here. I can't, I'm just drawing a blank on the guy that uh, Roy Batty put his thumbs in his eyeballs. <laughs> What's this? Uh, okay. The film is the first of the franchise of the same name, a sequel directed by Danny Villanueva, Blade Runner 2049, which I loved and saw a million times. Um was released in 2017 alongside a trilogy of short films between the two films. The anime series Blade Runner Black Lotus. Okay, I saw that. I thought that was a new a new um, thing. Uh, okay, Leon. Uh, you see a turtle laying on its back in the hot sun, but you don't help. Uh, Eldon Terrell. Okay, so Terrell. That's who I was thinking of. Um, Terrell Industries and everything. And then, of course, in 2049... You had, um, what's his face? Uh, JF Sebastian. Yeah, dee, dee, dee. Let me find what I'm looking for. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I like Batista's character and that was really good. And in the animated thing, they showed uh, kind of what happened to him. What was that fuck face's name that was in? <laughs> Jared Leto. Jared fucking Leto. <coughs> Okay, Eldon Terrell, uh, Replicant, Rachel, uh, 
Wallace, um, CEO Neander Wallace. Okay, that was fuckface Jared Leto. I don't mind Jared Leto. He was, I saw that one movie that he was in, and people really didn't like it. I think it was on Netflix where he got involved with the Yakuza or Yakuza. Uh, I thought that was all right. I, I don't have any like real deep desire to, to go back and watch it. Sapper Morton. That was a good character. Uh, that was a good movie. I, I was thinking about their, that movie and, uh, somebody, I think it's Cletus and I were talking about something the other day and, um, mentioned a movie that I have watched a bazillion times. I don't think, I don't know if it was Gosling or not. I, don't know if, I can't remember if we were talking about Gosling. We were having a, a convo online. What's going on here with um, Golgo 13? Let me see. Is it still playing? <laughs> yeah, there's a commercial. It's Pluto. Pluto TV. Uh, I had uh, had that on. Um, and there's a commercial on right now. But um, Golgo was fucking some big titty woman at the beginning. And if it was uh, today, I would be disgusted by her big tits small waist and curvy figure. And I would hope that she looked more like, um, Edith Bunker. Um, uh, is it Jean Stapleton from, uh, all in the family fucking Golgo 13, because it looks more realistic, whatever. So the whole, the whole point of this whole fucking, uh, tirade was that, um, People were, there's Golgo 13, uh, people were bitching and wanting to change things that people like. And guys like women with big titties and long, you know, that, that look good. Um, women like guys that they think look good. Uh, they don't put fucking Chris Evans and um, um, all these motherfuckers, uh, Michael Fassbender and uh, who else? Uh Cary Grant and uh, fucking Rock Hudson or whoever in these fucking movies, Raquel Welch, Stella Stevens, um, you know, these bombshell hot chicks, you know, they, they, they cast them the way they want. And if they want to make a goddamn fucking uh, comic book character in Spawn that has big titties and wears a fucking outfit that shows her butt cheeks and you know that's fine i don't give a shit i don't fucking care the hey (laughs) i sound like a true capitalist the market will sort it out if you start fucking doing these changes and stuff um and people don't buy the shit then they don't buy it people didn't want it if they buy fucking Angela because she's fucking hot and she's got big titties and she's wearing a fucking outfit in the comics that fucking shows her sexy body, I don't fucking care. If you don't want to buy it, don't buy it. But if you change her to make her look like fucking um, giant haystacks uh, and people don't buy your product and, and, and you know then you can't bitch. Uh, it's fucking, it is the fucking fucking market. And there are, again, there are independent comic books that, um, you look at like, uh, like I was just saying, like demon slayer. Um, they don't make, uh, and, and again, look at Liz Sherman in the fucking Mignola, um, uh, fucking Hellboy. 
they don't make her fucking look like some uh, like Raquel Welch or some, you know, bombshell, hot ass, big titty woman. And even in the in the movie, um, Selma uh, Blair, I mean, Selma Blair, I find her attractive, but she's, you know, about as flat chested. Mila Jovovich is is she's tall and thin, but she doesn't have any boobs and she's not curvy or anything. Um, again, if you're going to have these people, uh, but again, I, the, the, um, what was the fucking Kung Fu? Um, wasn't the soccer one. Was it not Kung? the one where the old lady and the old man live in the town and they, but they have like super Kung Fu powers and the old woman has the cigarette hanging out of her mouth. I mean, she looked like an old woman, but it was fucking, it was funny and it was done well. You know, it was like, Jesus Christ, man, that's great. It was awesome. Um, I think that maybe the Japanese Godfather star James Conn's cause of death revealed. Maybe I can bring something to you here. Let's see what it says. He was pretty old. Uh, he died of a heart attack and arterial disease. Uh, died earlier this month. He was 82. He fucking did a lot of cocaine and drank and smoked. And he still lived to be 82. So, I mean, you know, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. And fucking poor Brian Piccolo, who he played in the fucking movies didn't smoke or anything. I don't think. And got fucking lung cancer when he was 20, some early twenties and died. You never know what you're going to get, but if you're a terminator, you're going to be okay. And if you're a xenomorph, Hey, even a xenomorph, let me tell you something. Those fuckers are very hardy, but they still could get the shit blown out of them. You fucking nuke them from orbit, you know, or even when they were getting the shit blown out of them with those fucking machine guns and, and or flamethrowers. I mean, they could fucking die. You know, the soldier with, uh, not the soldier, it's just called soldier 1998 with Kurt Russell. There you go. I like that. Uh, they have come and said that that one is kind of related to, um, is it both Blade Runner and aliens? I can't remember. But that's awesome. I like that. I, I I have that on VHS down in the basement. It's probably covered in dust. But I haven't seen it in a long time. It's a movie that um, I never, even when I saw it, I wanted it to be better. And I want it. But it, was, it wasn't bad. But it was nowhere near as good as like uh, Blade Runner or the first like three alien movies. I would like to see something like that, but that's kind of like a Roy Batty kind of a Nexus six soldier, genetically engineered soldier kind of a deal. It's kind of cool. What else do we have here? They just threw up a whole bunch of movies here. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Let's see how much we got about a half hour to go. Of course, I've talked about that a million times. I really like that one. I saw it in the theater and really enjoyed it. And I like Gosling in that. Uh, I watched um, the other day um, Half Nelson with Gosling. And let me get down here and see some of the other stuff I've watched. I watched that. Of course, they're going to make a Thunderbolts. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a series or if it's going to be a movie. But that was one of my favorite comic books when Zemo and all those villains uh, had heroic characters and started a team. I really like that. Um, I watched uh, Something Wild with Carol Baker and Ralph Meeker yesterday while I was riding the Gazelle. This chair's starting to make my back hurt. Oh, I got it. Maybe I'll stand up. Um, that's a really good movie. It's on It's a Criterion movie that I discovered uh, a few years ago. I really recommend it uh, to everyone. Uh, if you get a chance to find that and watch it. Uh, uh, let me know what you think on the group. 
because um, I think it's a really good movie, and it's it's a forgotten and kind of overlooked movie. Uh, it's called Something Wild with Ralph Meeker and Carol Baker, directed by Jack uh, Garfine. 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 Uh, I was talking about uh, the movie K2 uh, with Michael Bean. Um, I watched that one a bunch of times, and I actually I I don't. The only thing I, I've done maybe a little bit of bouldering. Uh, I used to go hiking on a trail um, up in um, uh, Morgantown, Cooper's Rock, uh, in West Virginia, and um, uh, they had some you know these great big boulders that are you know my God they're probably uh, I don't know like twenty feet high or you know t- not nothing nothing huge but like you know. Uh, say 15, 20 feet or whatever, but you, and I've seen, uh, some of these mountain climbers and, and, uh, and people that climb those, uh, fake rock walls and real rock walls, speed climbing and stuff. They do what they call bouldering, uh, and they'll have just big round or big, uh, you know, big rocks like that, that are, you know, maybe, uh, 15, 20 feet high and they'll just kind of work on them with grips and, and getting to the top and then coming down and everything. So, and they'll, they'll have some pads and stuff in case they would fall. But, um, I watched, I was, uh, I found this movie called, uh, Red Road. Um, and, um, I saw the trailer for it the other day and I asked on the group if, if, uh, anybody thought it was uh, good. I think the way I discovered that I was watching fish tank, uh, with Michael Fassbender, which is a really good movie. It's a, uh, I've seen it a couple of times and I just decided to do a revisit and it really is a good movie and a, a really well done movie and kind of a, it kind of breaks your heart. Uh, but, uh, I watched a, um, interview with Fassbender, uh, that he was doing when he was promoting fish tank. And he said that, um, um, the reason that he took that movie, uh, decided to do fish tank was that he saw the movie Red Road, who was, uh, is it um, Andrea Arnold? Um, is, that, is that, let's see, Red Road, let me look it up here. Uh, I think that uh, that was, he, he saw the movie Red Road and thought it was really good. And um, Red Road movie. Um, and that's why he decided to do it. It's this Red Road stars Kate Dickey. And I believe she was in uh, Alien, an Aliens movie. What was she in? She was in The Witch. She was in The Northman. Let me look up her uh, filmography real quick. She's very, uh, has a very distinct look. Uh, Prometheus. She was in Prometheus. Um, so anyway, uh, Daddy-O. Hey, Daddy-O. I don't want to go down to the basement. Andrea Arnold. Let me see what she has done. She must make good movies. There's nothing in the... She did... uh, I Love Dick. That's a TV series. Um, Milk. That's a short. That's not the one with Sean Penn. Red Road was, I think, her first feature. And then uh, she did some uh, short films, Fish Tank, Wuthering Heights, American Honey, and that's about it. And then she has a documentary coming that came out in 2021 called Cow. What's that, a boot? I see some of these um, uh, animal rights uh, things on like uh, 
Reddit and Twitter and Facebook, and they really do um, really make you think about uh, how these animals are treated and how we just mindlessly don't think about um, what's done to them. And it really does kind of break your heart. Um, Let's see, a close-up portrait of daily life of two cows. Eh, That might be interesting. Maybe I'll uh, make a little bookmark for that. I like cows and animals. Um, So Red Road, uh, some people, uh, Ross, uh, actually said that it is worth my time to look that one up. And uh, let's see. Kashif also said it was uh, really good. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, Terry Forrest of uh, Paleo Cinema fame and Martian Drive-In podcast. Uh, and Terry Talks Movies on YouTube. Uh, I recommend that you go and watch his videos on YouTube and definitely listen to his podcasts. Uh, he has a new episode out on YouTube of Terry Talks Movies. The director who thinks cinemas are elitist. That sounds interesting. I haven't watched it yet, so I'll have to get on that. But I watched Half Nelson with uh, Ryan Gosling uh, the other day. Uh, again, that's a that's kind of a well, you know. Pe- there's there's some people, uh, of course, some people that I was friends with that uh, um, that hate Ryan Gosling, and I don't hate Ryan Gosling. I actually like Ryan Gosling. I liked. Um, um, Only God Forgives. I've seen that so many times. Uh, I really love it. I love the Blade Runner. Um, Blue Valentine. I really like that. I watched it with my sister uh, to introduce her to it. Uh, that's a good um, couple. Uh, not a, When I say a couples movie, I don't mean like a, a nice, uh, uh, sweet uh, rom, or a, you know, rom-com movie. Blue Valentine is a really good movie about... Uh, a, a relationship where it goes and it's realistic and I like drive um, Hail Mary the actor Wolfman I think Ryan Gosling said he wants to play Johnny Blaze if if it is Johnny Blaze that is the ghostwriter in the, in the movie or whatever movie it's going to be in The Fall Guy what's this Hollywood stuntman Colt Seavers uses his daredevil skills to moonlight as a bounty hunter starring Ryan Gosling. Now that's fucking pretty awesome. I I like Ryan Gosling. Uh, <laughs> should I say that again? Uh, the gray man. I haven't watched that yet. That's on Netflix with him and Chris Evans. I don't think it looks that it looks like something I could miss and that I'll wait to watch. Uh, what's Wolfman? <laughs> Excuse me. A man becomes afflicted by an ancient curse after he is bitten by a vetterwolf. Starring Ryan Gosling. Directed by Derek Sianfrance. Sianfrance? Hmm. Okay, I know what Wolfman is, but, you know. So that's in pre-production. Fall Guy is in pre-production. Okay, that Barbie movie with him and Margot Robbie, which looks like it might be kind of funny, is in post-production. Uh, first man where he played Neil Armstrong. I really like that. That was a really good movie. Um, nice guys with him and, uh, Russell Crowe. I thought that was really good. I haven't seen La La Land. I think that is something that I would watch. I probably should have went to see it on the big screen. It's not um, something like a musical like that. Isn't something I, if I went to see that, I maybe go see that with my mom or my sister or something. Um, 
<laughs> Big Short was a good movie. Only God Forgives. I love that movie. I did not like Gangster Squad at all. I I love um, <laughs> reading and watching stuff about uh, <coughs> the mafia. <laughs> Excuse me. I need to take a drink. Uh, about the mafia and stuff, but I just did not think that movie was very good at all. Uh, Place Beyond the Pines. I thought that was, it was almost like two movies. You had the Ryan Gosling movie, and then you had the um, movie with, uh, what's his face? Um, oh, Bradley Cooper. Um, it's a good movie. I I really, <laughs> it's one of those ones that I really feel bad for uh, the character Luke. Of course, you're supposed to, and his son. Um Ides of March. I re- I thought that was really good. Crazy Stupid Love. Is that with him and um, uh, yeah, Steve Carell? That was funny. I mean, you know, he was good in that. He played an obnoxious ass, you know, asshole kind of a guy. Uh, Drive, of course. All good things. What is that? I don't know if I, uh, David Marks, a real estate scion, is suspected of killing his wife who disappeared in 1982. I may have seen that. I don't know. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Blue Valentine. Again, I said that was really good. Lars and the real girl. I thought was good. Fracture. was good. Half Nelson was good. Half Nelson's kind of a little, a small little movie. Um, and, and, uh, I thought it was really done well and I liked the story. Um, uh, the notebook. I have not seen that. I'd like, I think that doesn't that have James Garner? Yes. I like James Garner. I like Gina Rollins. And I think they play the older version of Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. Maybe, uh, a poor yet passionate young man falls in love with a rich woman, uh, giving her a sense of freedom, but they are soon separated because of their social differences. I've, I kind of want to watch that. I haven't seen it, but um, I think that would be a good movie. And I've heard some good things. Uh, let's see. Murder by the Numbers. I, that one was with Sandra Bullock, where um, Gosling and Ben Chaplin are kind of like Leopold and Loeb. Uh, they want to do the perfect crime. Uh, and they're just two like the sociopaths that somehow gravitate towards each other. But Half Nelson's one that I would recommend. It's a nice little movie. Um, two motorcycle movies that I really like are um, Hell's Bells with Jeremy Slate and Adam Rourke, who was in Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, uh, and Jocelyn Lane. Those are, you know, the, now then when I say, but you know, if you've seen biker movies, you know what biker movies are. Um, they are, um, kind of grindhouse, um, drive-in movies, but I, I enjoyed these, uh, that one. And, uh, also, um, uh, the hard ride with Robert Fuller, who was, uh, played the doctor on the TV show emergency and also, uh, was in a lot of Westerns, including one of the, um, I think he took Steve McQueen's place in the sequel to the Magnificent Seven. Uh, Dig it. Werewolves on wheels. I used to have that uh, poster right in front of me. And I don't, don't I'm just looking on this blank wall and I'm like, where the fuck? I remember I had that poster up there. Uh, Of course, fish tank. I thought that was really good. Uh, I did, uh, was talking about Carrie Coon and how much I really like her. Uh, I discovered her in that Ben Askrack movie, Gone Girl. 
I believe that's what it was called, Carrie Coon. And she was on Fargo, and I thought she was great. I really like her a lot. I I think I she's somebody that I would actively um, seek out movies that she is in. And one that is coming out that is in post-production for 2023 is, and uh, there was already a movie made about this, uh, the Boston Strangler. They uh, That was a movie with Tony Curtis and Henry Fonda. And Tony Curtis played um, the Boston Strangler. And uh, Henry Fonda was one of the cops. Let's see what we got here. What's this say? Loretta uh, McLaughlin uh, was the reporter who first connected the murders and broke the story of the Boston Strangler. Uh, she and Jean Cole challenged the sexism of the early 1960s to report the city's most notorious serial killer. Okay, this says it's got um, Carrie Coon, Kira Knightley, uh, Chris Cooper. Those are three uh, good actress actors there. I want to say actors and actresses, but I know it's not. You shouldn't say that anymore. Um, I wonder who's playing uh, DeSal or the uh, DeSilva. I wanted to say DeSalvo. Albert DeSalvo, wasn't it? Or was it Albert DeSilva? I'm trying to think. God damn it. What's wrong with my brain? There has been a... um, A lot of people have said that they don't think that he actually did it. He served the time. uh, But I think he went into a mental hospital, didn't he? He didn't actually go to prison. Albert DeSalvo. Uh, and that they thought that there somebody else did it, but that he was like a, maybe schizophrenic, and he um, he they got him to confess to it. Um, of course, it says multiple killer theories and DNA evidence here. But anyway, that's a surprise. I did not know they were doing anything with that. Uh, I liked the, it's like a police procedural and Tony Curtis really, it's one of those movies that he was known for like uh, operation petticoat. And he made that one movie with Charles Bronson, which I really wanted to love, but it wasn't that great. What else is Carrie Coon in? She played Proxima midnight in, um, uh, the Avengers Endgame, which was really cool. And in what if, um, she was in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I have not seen any of the new Ghostbusters stuff. Uh, the Sinner, I she was in that and is like in a, almost like a, that was the second season of The Sinner because the first one had um, Jessica Biel. And this one is the one where they find the little boy and he's real weird. And I think his he murdered his mom and dad or something and they're trying to figure out what happened and it leads him to this like cult and Carrie Coon is in the cult. Um, Legacy of a white-tailed deer hunter. I think I saw that. No, that's uh, Josh Brolin. I have not seen that one. The great uh, hunter Buck Ferguson and his trusted cameraman Dawn or Danny McBride set out for an epic. I think I did see that. I did see that. Okay. I don't remember that much about it though. Uh, let's see what else we have here with Carrie, the post. What's the post? Oh, okay. I saw that one. That was about the Washington post. Uh, and, um, was that one about, uh, Watergate and it's Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, 
You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips, Proxima Midnight. And there's no tenderness like before in your fingertips, bitch. <laughs> Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning. I watched that again. It is so violent and strange and weird. One thing I was thinking about, let me check the time here because I'm on a roll. I only got about 10 more minutes. Um, like, um, what's his face? The, the, the Universal Soldier guys, they, they would get the shot like uh, Luke Devereaux and um, uh, Dolph. Uh, would give those guys the shot to kind of bring them out of their fake life or their brainwashing. But then even after they got the shot, like Andre Arlovsky and uh, they would like still, and even when they went to like the, the lair where all the universal soldiers hung out, I guess maybe it was because they're kind of like UFC macho special forces guys. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like a homoerotic thing because even after they are not brainwashed, I couldn't figure out why like uh, Andre Arlovsky still would attack Scott Adkins. He shot him in the neck with the, um, the stuff, but then still he would like violently attack him and try and kill him. And like I said, when they went to, to uh, Luke Devereaux's lair, uh, where uh, Dolph was giving those speeches and shit, they would show those guys and they'd be fighting each other and like beating the shit out of each other. It's weird. Uh, the Matador with um, Pierce Brosnan and, and um, Greg Kinnear. I really like that movie and I rewatched it the other day. It was on, ah, God, was it on Crackle? One of my free channels, I think. Um, such a good movie and Pierce Brosnan was so good in it. That was coming off of James Bond, and I uh, really liked that. I watched The Killer Elite again with uh, Sam Peckinpah coming off of the of James Conn passing away. Uh, I really like this movie. There's a lot of people that don't. I read a lot about it, um, that um, how Bo and Peckinpah and um, uh, James Conn kind of rewrote it. I think it, the actual... Uh, group that is like the mercenary group, uh, that work for the government, um, where it uh, actually all of those guys and that whole agency and everything was based in, um, in England. Um, they did say that I think, uh, Peck and Paul wanted Bo Hopkins, uh, was his first choice to play uh, Billy the Kid in Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Uh, they talked about how, of course, Chris Christopherson was, um, I don't know, in his in his mid-30s, and Billy the Kid was supposed to be like in his like tw- uh, you know early 20s, and Pat Garrett was only like 31, but Coburn was, you know, probably like 50 or something. Um I still, I thought that was a, that's a really good movie. And I liked everything about Pat Garrett and Billy, the kid. Um, he also talked about, um, Peck and Paw and bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. And I think he wanted Coburn maybe to play the, uh, Warren Oates character. Um, and they talked about gig young and, um, let's see. You saw um, 
Oh, God damn it. Okay, you got Arthur Hill. Arthur Hill and Gig Young um, were in Killer Elite. And was Gig Young in also in Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia? I think he was. And they were the gay, like, hitmen or something. Um, that was, I, th- I believe, their idea. They said, hey, you know what? It'll, it'll make um, a... Um, you know, more interesting characters if we kind of uh, subtly make that these uh, that these characters are gay. Of course, Gig Young played uh, Lawrence Weyburn in um, uh, The Killer Elite, and um, Arthur Hill was he was like his consigliere or whatever. If you wanted to look at it like mafia. Um, Burt Young was also another one that was in that that was really good. Um, was Arthur Hill? He was he the uh, he? I don't think he was the other guy. And bring me the head of our. But I remember that um, um, my mom saying, you know, that Gig Young was this. Uh, yeah, it was Arthur Hill. So they were they were in um, Killer Elite and also in Bring Me the Head of Arthur Garcia. Uh, nobody would hire uh, Gig Young uh, because by this time in these movies he was like a really bad alcoholic. Um, my uh, my mom uh, was telling me that you know he was a really you know good looking guy uh, in you know when he was young in the movies. Um, but it, I believe he uh, kind of had an untimely and tragic. Well, he didn't have it. Well, I guess he did. Um, he, I think, murdered his wife and then killed himself. I believe. At, in the end, he was he was uh, you know like I said a really really bad alcoholic. Um, in 1978, only three weeks after marrying German actress Kim Schmidt. Uh, Young uh, apparently shot her to death in their New York City apartment and then turned the gun on himself. The precise motivation for the sad and grisly murder-suicide remains unclear. Uh, Young was not quite 65 and his bride was 31. Let's see what she was a victim of this. I'm going to see what else she was in. She was in Game of Death with Bruce Lee. Uh, That was his final movie and he died while they were making it. And Gig Young was also in that. And she was also in Boys from Company C. Uh, I think she might have been the only female character in the movie. Uh, And I believe she was the one that was Craig Wasson's girlfriend at the beginning when he still has the real long hair. And the sergeant says, look what we have here today. We have Jesus Christ with us today. Well, when the cops bring him to um, the Marine um, camp for his basic training, uh, they have him in handcuffs. And she runs up to the car and says, uh, Excuse me, officer. Do you think Uncle Sam, you know, would mind if I if I fucking said goodbye to him or something like that? And she didn't have a bra on and looked really good. But apparently, she married Gig Young, and she was 31 and he was 65. And uh, I hate to say it, but that was um, her a uh, huge mistake, and uh, that's sad. Uh, she was only in a couple of movies, and that she lost her life that young. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen these days, you know? Um, yeah, we lost Bo and we lost uh, 
Jimmy Khan. And I think that might be it for the show. We're just about at the uh, finale anyway. And uh, I was trying to see if there was anything else I could look at. That Boston Strangler uh, uh, movie, that that really interests me. I hope it uh, is good. I, you know, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia is not a movie that I really have ever liked as many times as I've watched it and tried and wanted to like it because I do like uh, Peck and Paw. Uh, they were talking on um, Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema about uh, Cross of Iron the other day, and that's one that I really like um, that um, Peck and Paw did with James Coburn and Maximilian Schell. Um, it is, I think, I think they said when it came out, I remember Siskel and Ebert reviewing it and saying it was one of the first, um, mainstream movies, uh, that was done from the German side of, uh, World War II. Uh, and like somebody, somebody mentioned in, um, in the group, uh, the actual German soldiers in, in this movie were not, um, SS and they weren't uh, necessarily Nazis as they were just, you know, grunts. I mean, they were actually part uh, t- a couple, they got replacements uh, for their dead. And uh, two of the guys that were replacements were uh, uh, party members, Nazi party members. And I think they may have been SS and Coburn and his like a uh, kind of like, they were like a small elite squad um, really looked down on them and, and, uh, thought they were shit and, and basically said they were. And I think that the, uh, officers, most of them in the movie were like Wehrmacht, Wehrmacht, Wehrmacht officers and not, uh, SS, uh, not making any excuses, but that's a good movie. Uh, Arthur Hill was also in Andromeda Strain, which I really like. Um, Paul Newman and Harper. I haven't seen that in a long time. They're, they made a couple of those uh, based on the uh, Harper character. Uh, let's see here. Maybe I better get off of here while I still have the chance. I want to cut it off before t- at two hours. Uh, I think that might be it, people. But anyways, I was burning up and dying of heat stroke, and I decided to do another show. So um, appreciate everybody listening and appreciate the um, the good the, the uh, good comments and everything about the last show. And uh, again, I got a lot of free time now. So, um, you know, maybe we'll be doing uh, some shows on a regular basis. Usually when I say that, <laughs> the, then I don't do anything any for a long time. I do a couple of quick and then that's it. But um, we'll see. Uh, I thought about going to see Thor. I'm behind on uh, comic book movies, uh, Batman and uh, Doctor Strange. Still haven't seen those. Um, so we'll see maybe one of these days, uh, in the afternoon, um, I might go to a matinee and, uh, the one that I really kind of want to see is I want to, I really want to see Thor, but then with Dr. Strange, some of the different stuff they've, I've seen like pictures of from the different multiverse weird things. Um, I kind of want to see that, but a lot of those, um, superhero movies are kind of, I don't know. They're really not that great. (laughs) But anyway, people, I will uh, be seeing you soon. Thanks for the support. Goodbye. Will I want to die? 
It's not unusual to be loved by anyone.